Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. We're a church family in North Carolina with a vision for people to experience the grace of Jesus, be filled with the Father's love, and to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's this week's message from Wilmington. All right. What a day. We're so glad everybody's here. It's exciting to see as we... As we, we, as we meet weekly, we're really excited about some of the momentum, I think, that we're going to start picking up. But what a year it's been. So I think there's different kinds of words, like, uh, like sermons or messages, so teaching or preaching or encouraging. I ho- hopefully this is just a little bit of an encouraging word today. Um, it's probably going to rock you. It's probably going to rock your world. <laughs> Somebody in this room really needs to hear what I have to say today what the Lord's been putting on my heart. And for everybody else, you can just like, like I got a new shirt for Christmas, so be excited about that. No, it's really good, but I was thinking about like the year that it's been. And for River Life Wilmington in particular, this has been a crazy year. We, Mary and I were commissioned just over a year ago in November of 2022. And... um and it was like heaven opened at that, that day when we were being commissioned, almost literally, like we could feel it. And just shortly after that, weeks after that, we were, you know, having our first service down here, January 29th on, let's see, the Holiday Inn up on Market. And we had to navigate several hotels for our first, we met once a month, no childcare, setting up a sound system every week. Had to navigate different hotels. Ended up at the Hampton Inn on 17th in the medical park. You know, we were there for a little while. Had to be at the Ballast Inn downtown one time because all the other ones, like, weren't available with other events. It's just amazing to me as we see, like, even navigating through that and all the puzzle pieces that God put together. And um, Mary and I decided, like, we'd go ahead and just move here. Like, we were planning on probably doing monthly meetings for a while from Mooresville. So we decided to move here and get our house ready. That was probably about this time last year. So we're like, you know what? Let's actually it was after this. It was into January last year when we said, let's move. Let's move. Let's not wait. So we got our house ready, like scurried through the next couple months, put it on the market, closed crazy fast, like 47 showings in three days. And some of you have heard some of this story, but ended up selling our house for way over our asking price, like miraculously. And, um, and then we, f- we got in connection with these folks that live two streets down south. And they needed someone to live in their house because they were going to Kona to YWAM for six months. And they're like, Dude, man, if only we could find somebody who was looking to rent a house. And Amber, Sam and Amber um, know them well. And Amber was in their living room. And she's like, well, we have some friends. Actually, they're starting a church. And... Like, they might be interested, and we didn't want to buy right away. We were actually kind of in this moment. Like, are we going to rent? Are we going to buy? We're like, well, I guess let's, bam, this house. Six months we lived in this house literally right down the street in what we feel like was, like, miraculous provision. And, you know, during that time, we continued to meet weekly. We continued to, like, we started establishing a core group. Like, I'd say we have a core group of folks, you know, um, some of them aren't able to be here today because they're all they're out of town. But we've added to that core group over over the months. 
um, as the time went by, we found, we were decided we'd need a building. We were casting vision up in Chapel Hill, sharing with, with the body up there what we were doing, casting vision. And some, one of our friends said, well, don't be surprised if, you, if the house that you're looking for, she was speaking of our physical house, isn't just down the street from where you live now. That next day, we f- see a post on One Christian Network Facebook group with a pastor who said, we were looking to see if anybody wants to rent our church space. And the pastor happened to be people that we had heard from two separate people of, that we needed to connect with here in Wilmington. So we immediately connected, <laughs> and here we are in this church, which I would consider like prime time Sunday, it's time spot. I mean, if we were like a network marketing company, like a TV company, we'd want this as prime time, right? 10 a.m. Sunday morning. They meet like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Sundays here in this building, and they were looking for somebody to rent this space. I was like, it will be years until we meet on Sunday mornings. And I'm not saying Sunday morning is better, but you know what I mean. Like, okay. It was great for us. It's great for us. So, like, this was a miraculous provision that we felt like, um, and, and to be able to bless them. And they're also, too, just becoming great friends as well. We started our River Life School of Ministry campus in Wilmington this semester in September. Woohoo! So we have three students uh, in the River Life School of Ministry. From this campus, we Zoom in with Chapel Hill and Mooresville. Next year, we're going to have even more people here locally. We got a great deal on a house up in Echo Farms neighborhood that, like, we couldn't find a place. Every place we, like, tried to rent or tried to buy or we were looking at would be, like, scooped up within days or really terrible. Like, cat urine in the walls, terrible, you know. It was bad. And I'm allergic to cats. So I was like, Lord, what are you, what's going to happen? But we found this beautiful, amazing house. And because we got it for a really great deal and because of the, the way that our house sold in Mooresville, we're able to, like, invest in what I think is our dream kitchen, like, before Mary was frustrated at me, the last two houses that we sold, we, we remodeled them right before we sold them, like weeks before we sold them. And she was like, hey, can we please do some remodeling before, like when we move so we can actually enjoy it? So I, I made that commitment to her and had no idea how we would actually do it. The Lord showed up. But, but God, that's right. And we've had so many prophetic moments this last year, just how God's showing up and encouraging us in different ways and different connections and things where, like, puzzle pieces are coming together. Um, And we started meeting weekly, like, the small group Sundays back in. I'm just kind of recounting, like, on purpose what the Lord's done this year because it's felt like a whirlwind, but it's also gone by so quickly, and I don't want to take... I don't want to let it pass us by. And I know some of you are visiting today and some of you have heard, like have seen everything that I've talked about, you know, and some of you, this is new news and that's okay. But I kind of want to declare this and like, get it out of my mouth because I don't want the time to pass without saying, thank you, Lord, you know? And, and recently the Lord's been talking to us about cherishing the small beginnings, like not just, not despising the small beginnings, like the Bible says, but actually cherishing the small beginnings. And, 
And for me, this is a moment, like this last meeting of the, of the year, this last of our monthly meetings, is an opportunity to cherish what the Lord's done, you know, and what the Lord is doing. Um, we see him kind of setting a foundation. And if you know anything about building, um, this is an old analogy, right? So even if you don't know, you've probably heard some preacher talk about it, right? The foundation is built and you can't see a thing. Right? It's all at the ground or under the ground, right? Here at the beach, they're putting in the pylons that go down into the ground into solid you know, footing, or they're laying concrete, or even putting in like electrical and plumbing, like the, the, the utilities that run underground that you literally cannot see. Like we have vision of the Lord doing that in this past you know, few months, setting a foundation. And, and sometimes it feels like we can't see anything. You know, we can't see growth, we can't see change, but we know that this foundation is being set, including in our personal lives with our house, which I think has been a part of it. Um, and we're excited and expectant for what the Lord's going to do this coming year. But before I go into that, I just want to say a prayer of thanksgiving for the year. Again, kind of in, in an act of intentionality. But before I do that, I just want to pause and let you think about what God's done in your life this year. You know, what's God done in your home life, in your personal life? Where have you seen God move in your ministry? So, Lord, we're thankful. We just want to say it out loud. We are thankful. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father, for being a good gift giver. Thank you, Father, for working it all out. Thank you, God, for surprising us again and again and again. Thank you, God, for blessing us above, beyond what we could hope or imagine. Thank you, God, that you continue to do it. Thank you, Lord, that you've kept us, that you've, that you've healed us. Thank you, Lord, that we see you moving. And, Lord, where we haven't seen you moving, thank you that we can see that you're close to us. So, Lord, we just look back and we say thanks. Thank you, Father. Amen. I don't know. I thought that would be fun to do. Important to do. I preached a message one time called Stacking Stones about how the Israelites were so good at, like, putting Stacks, literally, stacks of stones, altars, right? In places where God moved, where they'd build some stacks of stones so that their children's children would see those and remember what God did. And I feel like that's something that I want to be really good at in my life. All right, so this past year was a huge milestone for me personally. When I was 18, um, I was struggling and um, with what I wanted to do with my life. And at the time, I was really into theater, and I decided that I was going to drop out of college. Well, I pretty much already dropped out of college. (laughs) But I decided that I was going to move to Los Angeles and make my way as an actor. And um, I was fairly good. Like, I was in a bunch of shows in high school and college. always found myself kind of in the lead role was voted most likely to, no, what was it? Wow, I don't even remember now. Most talented, I think, in my uh, 
homecoming class. So I figured those were enough credentials to move to L.A. And, uh, and make it. So I was getting ready to start, like, actually putting the plan together to make that happen. And that night, or, you know, within a, f- a few weeks of that, you know, kind of processing, the Lord and I had a fight. <laughs> and uh, I was in my bedroom, and I was, I was in my bed, and I was just, like, pouring over this idea of what I wanted to do with my life. And I was crying. I'm a crier, if you don't know that. Um, so I was crying, and, like, the Lord and I f- were fighting, and the fight went like this. Lord, I want to be an actor. I want to go into theater. And the Lord said, I want you to be in full-time ministry. I said, look, I want, but I want to be an actor. And the Lord said, yeah, but I want you to be in ministry. I, that was the fight. But it lasted hours. Have you ever been in a conversation like that with the Lord? It lasted for hours. I was just weeping and sobbing and feeling this unrest and this pull and this tension. And um, I kind of feel like it was a Jacob moment, like when Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord and, and wouldn't let go of him until he got his blessing and ended up getting his hip broke. I thank God I didn't get my hip broke. But I felt like it was a moment of that. And finally I said, okay, God, listen. I didn't even say, yes, I'd do ministry. I said, okay, God, put me in a place where I can learn more about you so that I can figure out what to do with my life. And... Um, about a week later, my brother called me. He was living in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. So I was in Iowa, the good old Midwest. And, um, and uh, this was the summer of the year. And so my brother called me and said, hey, why don't you move down here this spring and be an intern at our church? Um, we're looking for a children's ministry intern. Why don't you come down and, like, I know college isn't going well for you. So just come, get a break, work. I was like, that sounds great. And then, you know, days later, I'm like, oh, wait. I just prayed that the Lord would put me in some place where I'd learn more about him. And it happens to be a ministry gig. What? I'll tell you the funny story after that. I started praying for a wife because I thought God answers prayers. True story. <laughs> That's a story for a different time. But anyway, any rate, that was really funny. So this is a milestone for, for us us corporately and me personally, you know, because then I think I did the math 28 years later. I'm sitting here, standing here in this place now nearly, yeah, about 28 years later. And like I'm starting to see the Lord actually fulfill this dream and calling. But over, I was, I was in ministry for a little while at church as an intern. And then I started getting into business, worked with Andy for a little while at a company called Singular Wireless that was before AT&T and was in the restaurant business for a, a number of years and then was in corporate um, education and now software and leadership, different leadership positions. And I feel like through all these years, I've been torn at this idea that I wanted to get into ministry, but I've never seen like it just like those doors always closed. I've, I've looked, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried a lot of times <laughs> to get back into ministry and it never, never really worked out. Um, felt like the Lord was really, was really um, like preparing me to either be the CEO of a company or a pastor, like through my life experiences. I worked in HR, worked in marketing, worked in sales, worked in operations, worked in, you know, I was like, something's going on. I'm either going to be a, a high up leader or a pastor, which is also a high up leader, right? Or I guess in some ways. 
So I look at this year and I glimpse back and I think, wow, God really, 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 finally I'm seeing this stepping into this, what I dreamed of all along. But there was a long waiting period for me that was terrible many days. Um, when I look back, I, so I, was, I wanted to read Proverbs 13, 12. You've probably heard it. If you want to turn there, you can. Proverbs 13, 12. I'm reading from the New Living Translation right now, but it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. You've heard it. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. I'm thankful as I start to see this dream being fulfilled, you know, in my life. But the Passion Translation, I think, actually captures my story a little bit better because the, the Passion Translation says, when hope's dreams seem to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. <laughs> but when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. As my hope dragged on and on and on, I can tell you it was depressing at times, really depressing at times. And to be transparent, I gave up hope like a lot. There were a lot of days I actually told Andy years ago. Um, Andy and I are good friends, by the way. He's from uh, the Mooresville, Charlotte area. Not originally. Originally, he's from California, but he's been out in North Carolina longer than you were in California. So we'll claim you as local. But Andy, I told him years ago that I had to forget the promises of God in my life because it was just too hard to like go through every day and mundane corporate jobs and trying to figure out like not feeling like I was doing what I was called to do. I was like, I just, it's just easier for me to forget that the Lord ever said anything good about me. <laughs> just, I'll just live. You know, that's that piece of Psalm 14, sorry, of Proverbs 13 that, I, that really relates to me. So I don't know if anybody can relate to that. I don't know if anybody in here is, you know, feeling heartsick that they're looking for the Lord to fulfill a dream in your life, a dream that he has for you. If, or if you look back at this past year and you say, man, I'm kind of depressed about the past year because I didn't, things didn't work out like I thought they would. Or if you look into the future year, the 2024 that's coming up and maybe you're not full of hope, you know, maybe you don't see signs that this year will be any different than last year. This is a really encouraging message, isn't it? This is good. It's good. It's good. But I actually think that I want, I want to encourage us. I want to encourage you. If that's you, I really do want to spend a few minutes and just encourage you. Um, because God is, we know God's in it. Right? I don't know the Lord's timing for your dreams. Okay, so I won't pretend to know that. I'm not going to say 2024 is some magical year. I don't know. I hadn't had magical years in the past. And I don't know if the circumstances will change for you this coming year. Like things might not change circumstantially. I don't know if your dreams are going to work out the way that you think they will. What you actually think are your dreams might end up looking. I never thought we'd be in Wilmington. Surely never thought we'd be in, you know, at this church. 
Uh, Mary never thought she'd be a pastor's wife or a pastor. <laughs> right? I don't know if the, but what we are doing is really part of our dreams from when we were kids. You know, it's a fulfillment of it. So, but I can't tell you that your dreams are going to work out the way that you think they're going to work out. And I think I want to just be transparent with that, right? Like, I don't want to jump up here and say, let's just go let's put our dreams on a piece of paper and let's, let's manifest them. Like, I, that, I don't think that's necessarily how it works, you know? Um, and I don't know if God's timing or if he has things working out different for you. But here's what I do know. I know that he's working all things together for our good. Right? Romans 8, 28. He's working all everything together for good because we love, we're loved by him. And we're called by him. I know that he's created you to be wonderfully and fearfully or wonderfully and complexly made. I know that. He's created us. And he's created us to do good works. Right? Ephesians 2.10. Uniquely, he's created us to do good things. So I know those things. So because I know those things, I can say confidently that God is doing something in your life. And as somebody who's waited a long time and is still waiting, like we haven't arrived, right? We're on the journey. (laughs) I want to encourage you that even if it doesn't look like what you think it's going to look like, that God's in it. So what do we do while we're waiting, right? What do we do in this hope deferred moment? And as we look back, like I see that we had to give up our dreams, to God. Like I had to kind of bury my dream in the ground and say, God, if you want it, you resurrect it. (laughs) But it was a good challenge for me to ask, where's your dream from? Like, where's your dream come from? Is it your dream? Is it God's dream? Is it a hybrid? Is it like God's view for you? And also some, some things that you've added to it. It's a good reminder, I think, to not hold too tightly to what your dream you think your dream's going to look like but to really loosen your grip and let God like even give it back to him like we con- kind of constantly talk about putting things back on the table like lord we're going to put it back on the table and open up our hands and you do what you want to do with it I don't know if that's helpful but we um found ourselves in times of uh, seeking him instead of our dream intentionally, like kind of putting our dream aside and saying, Lord, we're just going to go after you. For years, I had conversations with the Lord about, Lord, what's the vision for my life? As I was telling you about earlier, that kind of transpired for the next 30 years. And uh, oftentimes the Lord would say, um, I'd say, Lord, what's the vision for my life? And I'd hear the Lord say, Jesus. (laughs) I was like, of course. That's like the easiest Sunday school answer ever. Of course it's Jesus. But then he challenged me that, you know, that old hymn, Be Thou My Vision. Like, we really need to get back to a place where Jesus is our vision. Because I think sometimes we hold on to our dreams too much where the dream becomes our vision. And the dream kind of surpasses, like, or becomes the face of God. When it's not. It really isn't. Like, he's our vision. And then our dreams can just, like, be a, a conduit for how we live it out. Um. So we just had to keep seeking him over our dreams. 
as I mentioned, I'm still on a journey um, to doing that, a journey to even see our, our dreams come true. But um, I feel like most recently, even in these past few months, the Lord's really been pulling me into seeking his presence and encountering him in deeper ways. You know, getting back to real just intimacy with him and wanting to see him show up. And I don't like we don't even want to play church. I don't want to do this at all if it's not him, you know. And on the same hand. We get to do this because, like he's, like I said before, he's, we're his kids. This is exciting for me today. It's exciting for me today because I know, like, a lot of you in the room, everybody here loves the Lord. And I'm excited when this place is filled up with people who are coming to seek the Lord and don't know the Lord. You know, I'm excited to see this place fill up with people who are broken because the church hurt. They got hurt by the church or in the church because I don't think it's always the church that hurts people. But I know a lot of people have been hurt in the church, and I'm excited to be a place where people can come. I'm excited for us to be a place where people can come and see Jesus again and not an institution. You know, and we're figuring out what the dynamic looks like and you know, how to worship together corporately. That's such a core value of ours. We'll be sharing our vision actually more about the church starting next week, kind of diving into our vision a little bit and unpacking it. So you'll hear more about some of that. But I'm so excited, y'all. Today feels a little bit like I'm preaching to the choir. I'm not even preaching. I'm just talking, right? And it feels like uh, the family dinner that I brought everybody over to host might not be the best family dinner we've ever put on the table but it's important. this is such a substantial moment for us, for us, corporately, River Life Wilmington. It's so significant, and I'm filled up with expectancy on what the Lord's going to do. Sorry, I digress. But we're going to seek him over our dream. That's the point I was getting into. Let's just put him first in all of this. It's not about an agenda. It's not about... Um, a specific format for me, it's about the Lord. Okay. Next thing. So I already said, if you're tra- taking notes at home, give your dreams back to God. Seek him over your dream. Next, be prepared to wait. That's the worst one. It's the most terrible one. I hated when people told me that and when people tell me. But it's, it's a common thread. If you look through the Bible, right, it's a common thread. Moses was in Midian like 40 years after he fled Egypt, 40 years before the Lord called him back. Joshua was in the desert 40 years, soaking in the presence and learning how to be a leader under Moses, you know. I love the Joshua story. I love the Joshua story while he was in the desert because he would just be with the Lord. Everybody else would leave the tent. And he'd go back, he'd stay, and he'd linger in the presence. And I love that Joshua was there on all those key events that Moses had. Joshua was there, if you read the story. Joshua went up on the mountain with him. And then he was there when he came back with him. It doesn't talk about what Joseph was, what Joshua was doing on the mountain. But he was there. And I just imagine, he just was soaking it all up. He was being trained in the waiting, Right? Joseph was sold into slavery. Thirteen years later, he became like the co-ruler of Egypt. 
But, like, there was a lot that happened in there. Prison, right, wrongfully accused. David was anointed as a king. This is, this is a bonkers one to me. David was anointed as king. And then 15 years later, he became the king. That's a long time to wait if you're the king. 15 years? David had a lot of other waiting experiences, as you guys know, and like waiting for battles, waiting to get saved from enemies, waiting to beat enemies. In Psalm 40, verse 1, he said, I waited, I waited patiently. You guys know this one. Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. In, he in Hebrew, the I waited patiently could be translated as, in my waiting, I waited. <laughs> That's like double terrible. But, but it's in my waiting, I waited. If you're in a season of waiting, it's okay to wait, to pause, to be in that season of waiting. I'm not really good at it myself, but I know that that's some, where God does some of his best work. And on that note, look to see what he's doing in the waiting. Because the waiting isn't for waste. So look, what's he doing? What's he doing in your waiting? As I look back at my volunteer experience, uh, my career experience, as I mentioned some earlier, I realized I was being groomed in the waiting. Like God was preparing us as a family. He was preparing us as our kids. He was preparing them. Those Bible legends I mentioned earlier, they were definitely being, you know, groomed in the waiting. Jesus himself was groomed in the waiting. Right? What do we see when Jesus is a young boy? Multiple times in the Gospels it says that he grew in wisdom and knowledge or grew in wisdom and favor. What, what did the Son of God have to grow in? He had to grow in wisdom. Even Jesus had to be groomed to do what he was called to do and put on earth to, to be. That's fascinating to me. But I think I can shortcut it, right? And just like get a word from the Lord and about my dream, about my calling. And like, okay, Lord, let's go. But that's not how God works. Well, at least not in my life. Also, I'd say um, this is one thing that I took away from one of Mary's messages recently. You know, there's this um, Ephesians 2.10 talks about, again, um, that we were created to do good works, right? And, and sometimes in our lives, we think it's a singular good work. Like there was one thing we were called to do. But Mary was sharing, it's just, I think, fascinating. It's good works, plural. Like there's a lot of good things for us to do. So while we're in the waiting of that thing that our heart desires, that our heart longs for, that we're heart sick for, while we're in the waiting for that, there's stuff to do. Like there's good things that we can just partner with the Lord and do. No pressure. Like, we can keep doing things and in those things, again, continuing to be, you know, crafted and, and, and built and molded. When hope's dream seems to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. But when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. There's hope. So for the, if, those, if there's anybody in here who really has that lack of hope for the coming year, like you just don't see it, I just want to speak hope into you. Because there is hope. And even if this year doesn't see that big dream become fulfilled or that one thing breakthrough, there's still hope. God is still on the move, and God still wants to surprise you 
And God still wants to move in your life. And God still wants to groom you and craft you and do amazing things. So I just want to, like, as we look back and thank him for what he did this year, which is fascinating for our church, amazing. But I wanted to encourage us as we look forward to be, to wait well in the waiting and to, to keep hope, to keep hope alive. Like, it's going to be good. It, it, who knows what it'll hold, but God's in it. And God loves us, and God has plans and purposes for us. Is that like a, I hope that's encouraging. I don't want to jump up here and just like, this year's the year we're all going to get the breakthrough. I don't know. Maybe it is. I haven't gotten that word from the Lord, so I'm not saying that's a bad word if somebody has that word. I'm just saying I don't have that word to give. But I do have this. Be encouraged. Be of good cheer. Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. To get more information, check out riverlifefellowship.com.